We're having a great time in Birmingham at Church of the Highlands. Our family's doing well. Uh, it's a picture of our family. It's a new picture of our family. So that's our daughter on, on, the, the, on the blonde. Uh, she's 22, just graduated. That's my son. He's a freshman in college. He's with me. He'll be here in the next service. And then that's our baby, Isabella. I'm Italian, so I want to name one Bella. So I go around the house speaking Italian. Bella, 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 Bella. And then that's my lovely wife. She's leading worship this weekend at Highlands, Delin. We've been married 27 years. And then our daughter, I saw the graduates stand up. We had a daughter graduate from college last weekend. Come on, LSU. You got to love this. She graduates on May the 15th last week. She starts her job on June the 1st. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Got a job. And so I'm excited about that as her dad. But she's a blessing and has always been a blessing in our life. And so it's awesome. I love this idea that you're in right now, Stretch. You always have the greatest titles. I was looking online last night at all the things that you're doing as a church across church life, and you, 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 so many things that we offer as a church to you as a family, all the small group opportunities and the neat things for our kids, summer camp for our kids, and uh, I just love this idea of stretched. You know, how do, we, how do we become everything that God wants us to be? How do we live the life that God intended? How do we walk in God's potential? I want to be, I want to walk in my God potential. So one of the ways that God helps us to reach that potential as individuals, as single, single again, and families, is He stretches us. And one of the ways He does that is through His Word. We'll find a scripture, or there's a promise that will stretch us. And there's a promise in 1 Timothy that I want to talk about that gives this idea that is one of, the, one of the things that God has stretched me in an area. And recently, he's been stretching me in the area around the idea of giving my life away. Give our life away. So I want to talk for a few minutes around the idea of give your life away. I believe it's one of the ways that God stretches us. So let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for this awesome church. Thank you for our pastors. Thank you for what you're doing across church life with kids, young people, students, senior adults. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you love us, and we're not here by accident. Lord, we believe we're supposed to be here, we're supposed to be watching today. So, Lord, just speak to us today. We lean into your word, God. We want to be stretched, Father. We want you to bring us outside of our, our comfort zone, Father. We, 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 want, we, want, we want to know the meaning of being stretched in God. So, Lord, help us, help us, help us. We love you, we love you, we love you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said a good amen. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it to church today. Come on, look at that other neighbor that was your second choice and tell them, you look like you could use a little church, my friend. Don't say church, church. Check out 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. I love the books of Timothy, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. Paul is writing, and he's writing from the prison in Rome. And he writes 1 Timothy, and then he writes 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy will be the last letter that he will write before he is martyred, or he, is, he loses his life for the gospel. And I went to Italy for several years and would do pastor conferences. I'm Italian, and I would do pastor conferences. And one of those trips, uh, the pastor said, hey, would you want to go down? We went to the Colosseum and to the Forum. He said, do you want to go see Paul's prison? I said, man, I would love to. He said, well, let's go over there. And there's a, there's a chapel that's built on top of Paul's prison and a basilica. And so we went there and we walked around. And, you know, we, we, you, all Italians are related. So we started talking because Paul's prison is in the lower chamber 
of this area. No one goes there much. It's not open as much anymore. So he found somebody. Somebody was a cousin. Somebody was a nephew. And so next thing you know, this guy, this security guard brings us, Pastor Herbert, to the very lowest part of this, this prison, this basement. And we go into Paul's prison, the actual prison which Paul wrote these letters. And it's so interesting standing there realizing that Paul could have stood right here and he could have penned the words of God that inspire us and that challenge us. And so Paul, when you read these words, Paul is inspiring and he's, he's calling Timothy out to be a leader and to lead others and challenging them with the word of God. And those words echo in our soul today. And this, these promises right here that I read you, They've been something that have been marinating in my soul. I like the word marinating. Uh, my wife is from Louisiana. We marinate everything. We'll go to Krispy Kreme Donuts, marinated in sugar. We ain't scared. And so we marinating people. And so this scripture has been marinating in my soul because it's been challenging me in the area of giving my life away. Be a person who shares life. Here's what Paul says. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Here's that word again, command. Command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds. What an interesting word. To be rich in good deeds and be generous. He's not suggesting that we are generous. He's, he's commanding us to be generous and, look what it says, and willing to share if you, if, you, if you keep breaking that down in the Greek and in the original language, it actually means willing to give your life away, willing to share your life, to be, to be a relayer of a person, to be a, a somewhat of a, a, of a person who, who's an elbow pipe that you, you receive from God and you give to others. You're willing to share your life in this way. When you do this in this way, you will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of life that is truly life. Is it not what we want? We want true living. So Paul is telling Timothy, there's a way that you can have truth. There's a way that you can be fulfilled and find purpose. And it's going to stretch you, Tim. The way it's going to stretch you is you're going to have to give your life away. You're going to have to be willing to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and to, and to, and to be uh, uh, wealthy and be others-oriented, to be, to be blessed in good deeds, to be wealthy in good deeds. Don't be busted. Don't be poverty. Uh, don't be, uh, be low-level living as it relates to others, 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 others. It goes right along with another verse that has always challenged me. It's in Proverbs Chapter 11, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 through 25. It's one of my favorite verses. When I read this verse, it always hits the reset button. It says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. Well, that's to the point. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. What a gospel. What a gospel. What a thought in the gospel. stretches me. It's the, it's the stretching of the gospel that we give and we give our life away. Lord, help me not to be so selfish. Help me to not be about me, myself, and I. Help me to look up and notice others. Help me to be aware that you have blessed me to be a blessing. My first pastor, I grew up, I didn't grow up in church, and so I came to a little church 
in a little town called Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And my pastor was an angry preacher. It's the first time I ever got in church. I don't know if you've ever been around an angry preacher. Let me tell you something right now. If you don't like it, don't let the back door hit you in the backside. You know, kind of talk with their teeth closed, but they're talking like this right now. And he was an angry preacher. Boy, he, sometimes during his preaching, he'd say, Lord, why did you give me these people? I mean, he's just angry. Just, mm, mm. He'd preach and get mad. Just, <sighs> Lord Jesus, give me patience can't stand these people and he could he was a confronter I don't know if you've ever been around a confronter just confront you confront you in the foyer of the church not even like in counseling area just confront you just talk loud and tell everybody your business just get loud he'd confront you in the foyer one time he stopped me in the foyer there was about 75 people in the church there's a few of us in the foyer he said Dino come see me for a second we're right here. Where am I coming to see you to? We're in the foyer. I need to talk with you. And he had a loud voice. He didn't have an inside voice. only had a loud voice. And he said, you know, I don't think you're a giver. I got some of my friends around. I'm like, Pastor, can we move over here? No, I don't think you're tithing. <laughs> Talking about my tithing up in, in the foyer of the church. And he said, you're not a tither. You're not a giver. He said, you're not giving your resources to the kingdom. He says, you're never going to find everything that God wants. You're never going to be everything that God wants if you don't realize that there are other people that need what you have. And I just sat there, and he said, and, and he said you need to start learning how to tithe and learn how to give and learn how to hear the Holy Spirit and learning how to be a blessing. And, and, he, and he, said, he said, next Sunday night, there's going to be a lady that comes here from China, and she's going to be receiving an offering for Bibles in China. Next Sunday is when you're going to be, begin to find the blessing of being a giver. You will give your life away. And he, told me, he taught me Proverbs 11 in front of everybody in the foyer. I, I was working for my dad. Italian man, pay cash money. I get paid on Sunday afternoons. He get paid four, five hundred dollars, working sixty hours a week. And when I get paid, I'd go cash it and get all that that check in like ten dollar bills because I like having that wad of money. Just like, what's up? Got me some cash money in here. I may rain all over this place with these five dollar bills. I, I go crazy with five dollar bills. And that's just kind of how I was. And I went to church that day, had all that money in my pocket. And, and that precious lady got up and talked about being a giver and, and how there's an opportunity in China for ten dollars. You could buy a Bible for China and there was whole villages that didn't have scripture and there would be villages that had one Bible and they would check it out and use it. And I sat there and thought about all the Bibles that I had and how blessed I had been in my life. And she got to the end and, and, as, and the pastor got him and said, I need you to listen to the Holy Spirit and let the Lord talk to you. And I thought, well, I'm going to buy a Bible. I'm going big. I'm giving $10. I'm going to buy one Bible. As I was thinking about one Bible, I heard in my spiritual ear, I heard these words, give it all. Give it all. I said, one Bible. <laughs> Give it all. I thought the devil was in the church talking to me. Come on, somebody. Oh, y'all ain't know nothing about that. I thought the devil had snuck up in the church. And, and there's this tension. I don't know if you've ever been at a point where you, you feel like you need to step out, you need to share, or you need to get out of your comfort zone, and you need to be a blessing to somebody, and you're debating it, and you're, you're analyzing it, and you're, you're structuring the sentence of it all. And as that container came towards me, all I could hear was give it all. And I remember reaching in my pocket, taking all those five $10 bills, dropping in that container. As I dropped in that container, it was like those dollar bills just got up on the side of that container and said, we're going to China, I'll see you later. <laughs> It wasn't about the money. Oh, come on, somebody. It wasn't about the money. It was about my heart. It was about, what, am I willing to discover true living? If I'm willing to share my life, give my life away. Because that's where you find a grace. There's a grace that comes on your life when you say, you know what, I'm going to live my life 
to be a blessing to other people. I'm going to be like Jesus. I love this other scripture. and It's the last scripture I'll read to you this morning. It's one of my favorite. It's become a life verse the last couple years. It's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourself. Oh, it is the gift of God. Thank God for his gift. Where would I be without the grace of God? Man, I'd be in a mess. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that anyone could boast. See, we are not saved by works. But can I tell you something? We have been saved for works. There's a work for you and I to do. There's a work that he's put in you that's unlike anyone else. There's something that you can do that no one else does just like you for the cause of Jesus Christ. Look at this scripture. It tells us that. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. I love these words, to do. To do good works. Which God prepared in advance, in advance for us to do. There it is again, to do. There, there's, there's, a, there's something about you. There's, a, there's something that's unique, the way you see things. the way there's, so, there's something that makes you feel a way that someone else doesn't feel that way. You can be married, and your husband can cry about things that you don't cry about. There's things that move you that do not move him. There's things you notice that he will never know. There's something you're concerned about. You see something that shouldn't be that way. He doesn't even see that. We can have the same children in our home, raised in the same home, drink the same milk, go to the same school, and there are certain things things that move each of our children that do not move the other child. Like my wife and I, she called me a day and said, there's a lady that we work with. Her husband has cancer. She said, let's bring them a meal and be a blessing. I didn't think about that. She was thinking about bringing them a meal. And so I said, I got this girl. After work, I'll go buy Popeye's chicken, get them a 15-piece. I'll either order some biscuits. I'll get some honey. They can eat the biscuits for uh, dinner, and then they, they can eat the biscuits for dessert. Put honey on it. Put it in the microwave. Come on, somebody. You ain't lived to eat a Popeye's biscuit in the microwave with honey on top of it. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me up in here. I'm from Louisiana. I bring, I'll go get a liter of Coke. Put on their front doorstep. Not go, love y'all. She said, you will never do that. We will plan the meal. Uh, the next week, she's been on Pinterest. She's gotten monogram cups. She's ordered a burlap sack that says, love you. And she's ordered, I mean, she, we've gotten cupcakes with flamingos. We've got a lamb shank and asparagus and rice and gravy. She's gotten little tiny desserts and, and candy for the kids. She made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the shape of a heart, put them in a Ziploc for the lunch the next day. We bought a $75 to Caraba. Come on, somebody. That's like overkill. Silverware, cups, plates, a note, went over there and presented it to them. No dishes to bring back, you keep it all. All I was thinking, man, that was like $400, my Lord, that was Popeye would be $45. Delenn was born to do that. That's her, that's her gift from God. It's her to-do. She's sharing her life. She's giving her life away. Can I tell you something? God wants to make a difference in other people's lives, and he wants to stretch us by using us. And he wants to use us this summer. I want to finish up and give you three applications. Because I believe there are some results that happen. There are some trigger points. There are some 
turning points. There are some dominoes that fall when you and I decide to give our life away for the cause of Jesus Christ. And there's some things that happen out of that. Here's the first one. When you give your life away, when I give my life away, make it personal, I am a pointer. I'm a pointer. When I give my life away, when I stop and pause, when I notice, when I speak, when I pray, when I lean into someone's pain, when, I, when I'm there for that, that mom who has a son who's fighting addiction or a friend who's going through something, when someone's fighting a dark depression, when someone is struggling in their life and I, and I lean into their pain and I help them and I assist them and I just try to, you know what I'm doing? I'm, hopefully while, while I'm sharing my life, I'm pointing them to Jesus. I want to be a pointer to Jesus Christ. I don't want to point it to me. It's not about me. It's not about me, myself, and I. It's not about, hey, check it out. I'm kinda, I kind of did this for you. I'm kind of awesome. You know, look what I did for you. No, 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 no. I just want to point you to Jesus. I want to point you. I can't heal you, but he can heal you. I can't save you, but he can save you. My, my, when I share my life, I can be a pointer for Jesus Christ. My hands of worship, I always say this. I want to take my hands that worship, my open hands that worship, and I want to take them and put them to work for the cause of Jesus Christ being there for someone, and maybe as I worship and I work, my hands will begin to point people to Jesus. I want my life to be a pointer. Who, who could we point to Jesus this summer? All the different opportunities through the church and where we work and where we go to school and in our neighborhood and those that we interact with. Some of us are going to see family this summer. Who could we, is there a moment that we could say something or we could, we could be there for them where we could point someone, I just want to point you to Jesus. I give my life away. I'm a pointer. Here's the second thing. And I really believe this. This is a result of you and I being stretched in the area of sharing our life, giving our life away. When I give my life away, uh, I become a sample. My life is a sample. I, li- I like that word, sample. Uh, I, th- there's a new store in Birmingham that my wife and I go to. It's called Costco. Costco. It's like an upgraded Sam's. And uh, if you've never been there, it's, it's kind of cool. And so um, my wife and I went there the other day, and uh, I'm a wanderer. I wander around a store. She's got a list. She's focused. She's, she's got to get the list done. And I go wander around like, what's up? Just talking. How y'all doing? We're there early in the morning. They're getting everything going around. I'm like, what's going on? Well, I meet these people, and they call them sample engineers. <laughs> oh, they're awesome. They're at the end of every aisle. And so I, they're getting everything cranked up that morning. I'm like, a senior adult lady there. She's like, good morning. I was like, good morning. How are you? Awesome. What's going on? She's like, would you like to step up and can I present to you uh, something that we're showing today? Sure can. <laughs> and she says, uh, today we have presented for you uh, some tortilla chips. And they've been brought from the, from the land of Belize. And they were brought down on Habakkuk mules. And they were velvet laid barges. And we've, we've brought them here to you to present to you. And we've it with some avocados from Alaska and some guacamole with onions from Nicaragua and bell peppers from the coast of California. And we've mingled them here to you at Costco to present to you a, a chip and dip. Thank you. She's got me. You had me a hello. Come on, somebody. You had me a hello. And then she said, and we're going to present it to you on a Vanity Fair napkin. That's like 35-cent napkin right there. Those are awesome. We only get those for special people. Normally, we use paper towels. You break out Vanity Fair. Hello. Y'all don't know nothing about Vanity Fair up in here. Come on. 
And so I, she's like, would you like to have a sample? I sure would. So I'm, I'm eating this sample. She's like, what do you think? I'm like, hola, fuego. I'm speaking Spanish. We're, we're bilingual now. She's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm in Costa Rica. Dylan, we're going to Costa Rica. It's awesome. She's like, what do you think? Would you like some? Yes. Would you like to bring it to your house? Yes, I would. We go around the corner. like a concierge brings me around the corner. There's chips and guacamole and, and, and all this stuff. She's like, well, you, and can I tell you something? It was just a sample. It was just a taste. But that was all I needed to make me want more. See, the Bible says taste and see. The Lord is good. You can't help everybody. You're not everybody's answer. But I tell you what, you can be a sample. You can be a taste that gets somebody to want more. Come on, somebody. That's all we're trying to be. Can't help everybody. I'm not everybody. I'm not anybody's savior. I don't have an answer for everything. Sometimes people ask me questions and I don't know. They tell me their pain. They tell me their struggle. I don't know. But I can tell you this. God loves you and God cares about you. You're not alone. If you need anything, I'm here for you. Just a sample. Just to take. Lord, help me this summer. To be a sample of Jesus Christ. When I give my life away, when I give my life away, I can be a sample. And then the last thing that I think is so important, it is a direct result. I believe it. I believe it's a direct result when we give our life away that you and I can be an invitation. We're pointers, we're samples, we're invitation. I can be the way I live my life, the way I speak, the way I notice the way I perceive, the way I read a room, the way I step out of my comfort zone. My son, we were, we were, just, we were talking about uh, preaching, and he, he said this to me. I was talking about comfort zone. He said this to me yesterday. He said, life begins when uncertainty ends, where, where there's that certainty that ends, where I, I'm right here, I'm certain about this situation, but you don't live life till you step out of that certainty into an uncertain moment or into a, an uncomfortable moment right outside of your comfort zone. Wow. And then in that moment, you never know how God will use you. You've got to step out of it. Our life becomes an invitation that I could invite people to what? To Jesus and invite people to church. Because you just never know. The other morning, we do prayer on Saturday mornings. I'll finish with this. And we had a prayer meeting at 9 on a Saturday morning. I got home about 10, 10, 15. And my wife informed me that we were, that I was taking them, it was the girls, my wife, my two daughters, and she informed me that I was taking them shopping. She said, God, you're going to have a great day. You're going to take us shopping. You're going to drive and find the parking place and drop us off and come on in the store and help us out. It's a fantastic day. I said, yeah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Halle. And, uh, and so uh, we went to the first store. Guys, let me just tell you right now, you better eat your Wheaties. It was called Forever 21. Yeah, uh-huh. You ought to call it Forever Hell. Everything in the whole store, $1.99. There's a zillion pieces of clothes, zillion clothing items in the one store, and it's hot. It's real hot in there. When you're a big guy like me, I mean, I ain't been a medium since I was like eight years old. When you're a big brother like me, I mean, you roll up in, you're hot, and it smells like fabric, and there's like the clothing, the, 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 all the aisles are so tight. It's like all of them are, and you can't get through them, so I'm trying to go through them, and I'm dragging clothes, and got leopard print all up on me, and got boas, shirts with feathers, all for about $2.99, six of them for $2.99. There's neons, and 
everywhere. There's stuff everywhere. It's all jacked up seasons. They don't make no sense to nothing. Music blaring. There's people everywhere. People reaching all over you. And I'm like one of the few guys in there, and I'm hot. I mean, I'm just hot, sweating all over the place. I lose my daughters and my wife, don't know nothing. They show back up, just hand me clothes, like 400 things for like $8. And just hand them to me and say, you go check out. I'm going over here to the next store. Be a sweetie and a honey. We're going to the next store. God bless you. Love you. They roll out. And I'm just standing. I can't find the checkout stand. Finally, I find this thing that looks like a cattle trough that you just go through. There's 100 people trying to check out. Here's the thing about it. They put stuff all along the checkout way so people are shopping as they're checking out, like hairbrushes, like Justin Bieber eye patches, fingernails that light up. So everybody's shopping. Oh, look at this girl. I ain't never seen fingernails like, like this. They glow up and blow a balloon out of it. It's just awesome. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to check out, get to the stand. People shopping all above me. I got a little small guy behind me. He keeps jamming me with his hangers. I'm like, dude, come on, man. People cutting in line. There's no order to it. It's total chaos. And finally, I get to the, my turn to get one of these counters. It's just crazy. And, and, and I'm watching, and I'm like blocking everybody. Just in Jesus' name. And just Finally, one opens. I run up there. I plop my clothes down. Oh, Lord, Jesus, have mercy. Oh. Lady, look at me. She says, how are you? I said, well. I'm glad I went to prayer at Church of the Highlands before I came here. I needed to pray. She says, that's interesting. And I'm gathering myself, and I wish I could say I do this all the time, and I don't. But I paused. I said, how are you? This little 22-year-old precious daughter of someone, she looked at me, she said, I've had the worst week of my life. Wow. The Bible talks about your eyes are the window of the soul. I looked into this little precious girl's eyes. I saw pain. I saw struggle. I don't know if it's addiction. Well, I'll mess you up. I don't know if someone told her that they loved her and they left her. I don't know if it's a family breakdown, if it's a father wound. I don't know if she had to drop out of school. Life is real and life can be painful. I just said, well, I'm so sorry. And this guy beside me, he's, he's left his area, and he's by me trying to get his stuff up by me. And I'm, I feel pressured. There's a lot going on. She checks me out, and, and, and I'm paying. And, and I just said, listen, um, I just want you to know God loves you. He cares about you. It's not an accident. I'm standing in front of you. And I said, when we get done, I'm going to go down here. And this guy's still trying to get his stuff up. There's a lot going on. It's kind of chaos. You know those moments. And I said, but listen, look, look at me. Tell me your name first name. I said, I'm going to go stand out at the end of this counter. I'm a big old dude. You can't miss it. When you look down there at me, I'm going to be praying for you. And I'm going to pray that God loves you and that God cares about you. There's nothing you've done. He just so loves you. And I said, so I'm going to pray for you. And this guy behind me hears me say, he's praying. So he tells us, but he's praying for, he's praying for. I was like, dude, I, t- I said, man, you got to back up off me. I need a little space. I'm a big man. Brother, I'm, I'm, I'm burning diesel over here. So can you get up off me for a second? I will pray for her. I will shut down Forever 21. You don't know me. I will go Medea all over the store. You don't know my people. You don't know where I come from. Back up off me. Amen, brother. You little Alabama redneck. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. 
Get off me, man. You don't even know who I am. I go down there at the end of that counter. And I said my prayer. Because she's someone's daughter. And she's valuable. I don't know her story and I don't know her journey. But God does. Because you just never know. You never know who you run into today. You may be the gift of God to someone who is actually living the worst week of their life. Some of you have lived the worst week of your life. You know what I'm talking about. You know that pain. You know that struggle. You know that anxiety. You know that pressure and that feeling. And for someone to come alongside of you and say, you're going to make it, we're going to pray for you. Because you just never know. Let's be pointers. Let's be a sample. And let's be an invitation to Jesus and to people's church. Because you just never know. Amen.